Hi there, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Folks, our desire is that we can incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His Church here in West Michigan, but also in our state and our nation, and then leading to a great spiritual awakening all for His glory. But for that to happen, it's just critical that first we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to his instructions in humble obedience. Our guest today is Pastor Keith Himmela. Well, what a pleasure and privilege to introduce one of my good friends, Pastor Keith Himmela, uh, who is pastor in the Rockford, Michigan area, which is north of Grand Rapids. Welcome to uh, this podcast, Keith. Good. Good to be here. Let me tell you a little bit more about my friend. Uh, he graduated from the University of Minnesota, Duluth, with a Bachelor of Science degree. Went from there and earned a Master of Divinity degree. That's quite a, quite a trans, transfer in contrast, but Master of Divinity degree from Bethel Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. He was then a pastor in some different areas. San Francisco, of all places, California. Hibbing, Minnesota, Marquette, that's way up north in Michigan, and now Crossfire Church in Rockford, Michigan, that he and his wife Judy founded in 2005, and they continue to pastor at present. He's also, and we're going to be talking about this, the co-founder of what they call the Black Robe Regiment, a network of pastors who are committed to cultural change based on a biblical worldview. And uh, as far as his beliefs, he strongly believes that civil government will only positively change when the church experiences revival that causes spiritual awakening in our communities. And I agree with that. So again, welcome, Keith. Thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We've been friends for a long time. We truly have. So let's just get right into it. Um, the Black Robe Regiment, I'm sure that raises people. They say, wait a minute. Are you talking about judges? They're the ones that wear the black robes. And I have a little bit, as you know, a little bit of experience along those lines, having wore a black robe as a judge for a number of years. But that's not what you're talking about here. What are you talking about? I think it can be summed up in uh, the book I'll put show you. It's called The Black Robe Regiment by Dan Fisher. Mm -hmm. um, Jeff Carlson is a dear friend from Oak Hill Church. Um, both of us have been around for quite a while pretty much contemporaries, but we, um, we went down to a um, seminar in Oklahoma in July uh -huh. by Dan Fisher and Paul Blair, who really started this whole thing. And uh, they have a um, network of pastors down there that they put on a big seminar called the Patriot Pastor Seminar. And the information was just probably the best that I've ever um, experienced going to a seminar mm -hmm. because it wasn't packed with emotion. Although there was a lot of that yeah. it was packed with good information. And Dan uh, Fisher himself has been eight years in the Oklahoma um, house of representatives ran for governor. Mm. Paul Blair is actually didn't go in the ministry until he was 37 and he was a pro football player for Mike Ditka's um, Super Bowl Chicago bears. Awesome. Big guy. Awesome. Yeah. But these these guys really challenged us about how culture has changed because the church has changed. Mm -hmm. We, the church, have become very much intramural. 
um, serving ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're called to make disciples, and part of that disciple making is reaching people for Christ and then teaching them to live with kingdom principles. And so we came back with a resolve that we were going to develop a group of pastors that really originated from the Revolutionary War. Um, the British said uh, many times uh, their uh, king and uh, the various generals said the reason why we lost the war is because of the Black Robe Regiment. Hmm. There were groups of pastors that came from the first great revival, and they were taught the value of freedom. Yes. Because if we don't have freedom, you can't have freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. That's and true. Religion in the marketplace is essential. And um, so they taught their congregations that civil disobedience sometimes has to occur when things go against God's word, against um, what he has created for mankind, the inalienable rights. And so they taught the founders and encouraged the founders to be able to um, fight against the British for freedom. And it all came because of the revival from guys like Jonathan Mayhew and uh, Jonathan Edwards. And then the founders came from there, as well as the Black Robe Regiment pastors who were schooled in that kind of that kind of education. Hmm. So we feel that right now the church is the last line of defense. If the church doesn't get involved with civil government, mm-hmm. um, we're not going to have the, the freedoms to be able to share the gospel and to be able to change our culture. So that's basically what it is. It's a revival of what the early revolutionary pastors gave to the founding fathers. The church needs to be a better voice, but vertical change has to occur before horizontal. Really good. That's good. Loving God and loving people. That's how it has to happen. Yep. And I I appreciate your pointing out the fact that the Revolutionary War really did flow out of, and some of these thoughts flowed flew, flowed out of the, um, the the first great spiritual awakening in America. That's right. And Jonathan Edwards was, of course, part of that. And actually, just before the War of 1812 was the second great awakening in America. And again, that resulted in uh, cultural change and, and a, a great impact uh, these, these awakenings did. You know, today, uh, again, I think most people would appreciate and agree that America is truly, uh, you know, on the, in the crossroads. We've got lots of issues in our country. Things are not healthy. A lot of dissension, uh, disagreement, you know, this COVID thing and so on. But, you know, you got pastors pretty much lined up on the extremes, it seems to me. And I, I've looked at this book, by the way. It's a great book by Dan Fisher. I think he's got good balance in that book. Yes. But he points out that on one extreme would be the ones that say, yes, America needs to be a Christian nation and we need to have a theocracy, basically. And then on the other extreme of those that, whoa, 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 don't mingle religion and politics. Just keep us in our little spiritual bubble. And uh, if the government does its thing, it does its thing. And that's not our problem. We're not supposed to get involved in that. Let's just deal with the spiritual side of things. But he points out, he said, we we need a balance. It's not one extreme, not the other. We need a balance. Talk into that a little bit, would you, Keith? Yeah. I think uh, I could probably say it this way. Uh, 
I belong to a group called Grace International, and they're a pretty balanced group, and they do get involved in civil government quite a bit. Um, but one of the things that the president recently said is the church has been so wide and thin. It hasn't had a deep theology. We've gone more toward the performance mentality in church. You know, nickels, numbers, and noses, bucks and bricks. Now, when you say yeah. president, you're talking about the president of, of your, your group. Of association, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's about 4,200 churches. And, okay, sure. Uh, he, uh, he had a mega church of over 10,000 and now started a new church in his 70s, and that's in the thousands already. He's just got a real heart for people. Sure. But he gets involved in civil government, and he gets involved with people. He knows the people that are running the state of Texas, where he lives in Houston. Yep. He knows the governor, lieutenant governor, and so forth. But what he said I thought was so profound. He said the church used to be wide and thin, but now God is creating a remnant where it's becoming a river that's deep. Hmm. We're going back, and there's always been a remnant. If you go back to the Revolutionary War, uh, there was only a, a remnant that fought against. I think it was like the maximum was 50%. Hmm. The rest weren't involved. Sure. And there are a number of churches today that, and, and I can say this because I'm a clergy, yep. but they don't want to get involved. They say, well, 50% of my church is liberal, 50% of mine is conservative. Well, I think the real issue is, is what does the Bible say about this stuff? Right. Exactly. What does the Bible say about these issues? And, and, and sometimes you're going to find that you're going to have to take a stand on something because of truth. And that's not, and we don't like that. Right. But those that are defining themselves are growing. He did this, this president of our, of our association, they did it. Um, the first year he took some strong stances, his church doubled. And he did a series on no, no to what culture says about marriage and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what it says about transgenderism and so forth. Right. He grew another 30% in 10 weeks. Now, okay. the reason why people want definition, sure. they want to know what do you believe mm -hmm. and, and how am I supposed to respond to culture? And that doesn't mean you don't respond with compassion, but I think we've lost some of our edge. Mm -hmm. Because we want to be nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I agree with you. You know, I, I was a judge for 15 years. I left that voluntarily to start Michigan Family Forum, which is in Lansing, uh, working with focus on the family to uh, influence um, policies uh, in our state government regarding family issues. And I, I travel the state and I'd say, you know, let's say that you live near an intersection that has no stoplight but just has stop signs and it's kind of on a hill and the speed limits are a little bit high. And every year there's two or three people lose their lives or get seriously injured at that place. And so you're a neighbor, you say, they got to change this. Uh, the road commission should put a stoplight here um, or lower the speed or whatever. And so you influence that. And sure enough, after making those changes, the number of injuries goes way down. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You just engaged in public policy. Oh, well, no, I didn't. I, yeah, you did. Because you love your neighbor. And that's ultimately, see, truth sets us free. Amen. And, Amen. and so if we can get the government to, to implement laws that are based on truth, which frankly, the Judeo-Christian uh, perspective 
has influenced uh, English government and American government in the past. It, there's still vestiges of it, but increasingly, now that we have abortion and same-sex marriage and so on, it's not influencing government as much. And as a result of, of the lack of living truthfully uh, by not following God's commands that are wired into the universe and you violate them to your peril, uh, right. You know, we, we're not loving. We're not loving people. We love people to give them structure that ultimately is life-giving. And I would communicate this as I travel the state, and it's, it's absolutely true. It's maybe not the most important thing that we as American citizens or Christians need to do, but it is something. Again, we, we're like shareholders in this country. We, we have a voice, we have a vote, and I think we're going to answer to God someday for what did we do with that vote, with that voice. Half of American Christians aren't even registered to vote or don't get involved in the voting process. I think you're going to answer to God for that, don't you, Keith? Oh, yeah. I, I, I think we forget that the Bible talks about two types of judgment. It talks about the great white throne judgment. That's right. It's going to be whether you have Christ in your life or not. But right. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about the judgment seat of Christ, mm. <clears throat> where God is going to give rewards in heaven. Now, you think about that. The early church could go through what they did because they knew that their reward would be great right. for eternity. Yes. And I think we fail to realize that we're going to live forever in the presence of God, his economy, mm-hmm. and the kingdom. And I, quite frankly, want to be faithful and get all the rewards I can for eternity. Right. Don't you? Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. I think that means we attend the garden. Yeah. Um, you know, some people, uh, some pastors that I've talked to, and, and quite frankly, it's been very alarming to me. Um, it's like, well, you know, prophecy says this, and it's kind of like a fatalism. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh-huh. All right. You let somebody come into your house and shoot your wife or your kids. You're not going to put up some kind of a fight. That's nonsense. That's right. That's and right. so so we, we've got a, a real um, lazy type of thinking. Um, see, yeah. you got involved. In fact, you were one of the reasons why I've gotten involved with this. You don't know that, but I admired the way that you understood history. Hmm. Uh, I listened to you over the years and, and I admired the fact that you got involved in the marketplace. I wasn't taught that way. And so when I came to this realization, probably about a dozen years, about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, sure. I had to do some tall repenting. Hmm. I said, Lord, forgive me. Because I've, I've always felt I taught well in the church, yep. personal identity and walk with God and, and, and all about discipleship in those areas. But I've, I've failed with civil government. Yeah. And I made a pact with God that, Lord, if you'll help me, because you feel very inadequate. Yeah. And, and, and so um, you, you start where um, maybe you feel like a kindergarten in this thing, you know, in kindergarten. But if you do something regular, you can become an expert within a couple of years if you just read about a half an hour a day or 50, even 15 minutes a day. That's good. That's and really so good. we, Jeff and I particularly, we've read books like uh, Marxianity, how Marxism has come into our evangelical churches. Um, and that was a real eye opener because you got to see where, what people really believe, what their platforms are. Right. And so um, I feel that, what we're doing um, is is something that uh, is going to be a, a blessing not only to the kingdom, but it's also going to be a blessing to 
to the culture because we're going to have a better environment, mm-hmm. more friendly to Christianity. That's good. You know, I, I was looking at this Black Robed Regiment book by Dan Fisher last night, actually. And uh, I mean, he makes it clear that we're not talking necessarily about taking you know a side of this Republican candidate versus this Democrat candidate. We're looking at the issues underneath them, how they match up or don't match up with what the scripture talks in terms of. And that is so important. I think so many pastors are just so you know, white knuckled about this thing. And woo, I can't get into Bob because it's going, I'm going to have to going to have to endorse this candidate or that. No, 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 no. We're not talking about endorsing candidates. We're talking about issues. We're talking about principles, mm-hmm. same-sex marriage, for example, and abortion. And uh, what do you do when, a, when an aborted or attempted abortion results in a born child? We should have laws about these are children created in the image of God. And, uh, and we need to take a stand on these things. Uh, and as, as you point out, we're going to be answering to God for our position. We, we don't live in a dictatorship yet in this country. We, we, we're a government of the people, by the people, for the people. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. We have a, we have a, a, a First Amendment to our Constitution. Congress will make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Boy, I'll tell you, that's being worked on in our country today where you're not going to be free to communicate to people that marriage is between a man and a woman. And other than that, even though we love you, people that are doing this, God calls it sin. And God doesn't like sin. In fact, he hates sin. And for your sake, because I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. Oh, that's hate speech. Oh, you made me feel so sad. Oh, you should go to jail. Well, that's where it's coming to in this country, and that goes totally against the First Amendment. Jeff and I have, every week, uh, we have different pastors come and visit, and we, we've we got a big uh, meeting, I think, that you're going to come to on the 12th. Right. And we're just going to show the movie, which is very good, about the history of it. Dan Fisher narrate, narrates it. Um but we're looking for people uh, that are not nice. We're looking for good people. Yeah. Good people that will take the truth and stand for it. If you, list, if you read about these early pastors, mm-hmm. they would rather, what was it? One quote is, I'd, I'd rather die for something right than live like a dog. I would rather die for something that's right because they knew we, we're going to step into eternity and breathe the yeah. fresh air of heaven when yep. we leave this yep. earth. Yep. So what are we leaving as a legacy? What are we leaving the next generation to build on? Yep. I have 26 grandkids, not near as many as you do, we, but we just, uh, we just but, have 35. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Well, but, but it's a pretty good number. Okay. That's and we got number. now our third and fourth great grandchildren coming. Wow. And so we are very aware of what are we going to give to them. Yesterday when I was preaching, I shared, I talked about love and I asked them, I said, what are we going to give our kids? I mean, do you want to just give them money? If they don't have your values, they're just going to squander it. That's right. Where are you going to give them character? So they know how to deal with Mm -hmm. the issues. And are you going to give them foundation? Mm -hmm. I also said something, I've become a little bit more verbose in the pulpit. Um, I said to our people not long ago, I said, you don't need a pastor. You need a general right now. You need someone that's going to be able to help you navigate through 
what is going on in our culture with a biblical foundation. And when you listen to some of these pastors when they're preaching, oh my gosh, they were scathing when it came to the King of England. Mm-hmm. In fact, they put prices on the heads of a lot of pastors because they knew how important they were to encouraging the founding fathers and the generals and the colonels and so forth and the people who fought the war. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's something. Well, again, we can think of in the book of Acts when they told the apostles upon their arrest, you know, don't preach the gospel anymore. And they said, you decide, do we obey God or do we obey man? And uh, see, when civil government tells you to do something that's contrary to what God is telling you, then you, you, you've got to disobey. It doesn't mean you have to do it in, in a rude way. It doesn't mean you have to be mean. And, and that I want to really point that out. We, we taught that, again, when I was at Michigan Family Forum, that our style, you draw people. It's like when you evangelize, you draw people. to You don't cram it down their throat. You draw them to truth. And when we would speak to legislators, we, we, we went with a, a loving, truthful drawing, them, attempting to draw them to the truth. Some we were unsuccessful. Um, and some we were successful. And that's just the way it is. Rather than say, you got to believe because you're terrible. And that's not God's style. Um, again, we have to have courage, but we, have to, we also have to speak the truth in love. And, and, I, think, uh, and I think that's important. I think that's where your personal life brings that balance, Randy. Um, A lot of times we get up from, um, get out, get out of bed and and we're running right away. Yeah. We're we're on our phones. We're listening to what the world has to say. That's right. Since 1987, I've been challenged on my personal walk with God. I've journaled for all those years since 87. And uh, it's kind of a way you can keep track of your journey. Yeah. And every year something changes in me. And um, about a dozen years ago, I, I said to our people, I said, you know, if you don't believe that I work hard enough now, you never will. So this is how the book of Acts tells me I'm supposed to put priorities in my life. And that's the word and prayer. And so I've taken a lot of time in the mornings. I never go to the office. This I would never be in the office right now doing this with you mm-hmm. unless because of you, I, I'm doing it. I don't do that in the morning. I'm home. And I'm in my basement and I'm spending time with the Lord. And I think what happens to me, I can get, I'll be honest with you, I can get really mad. I mean, some of the stuff infuriates me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, me too. If you haven't got the ability to get angry, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Be angry, but don't sin. But be angry at the problem. And, and, and And God has to deal with me so that I can keep that balance. Because this is going to be like this all the time. Yes, yes. But if you have your time with the Lord and you worship together with others and you have people that love you and care about you speaking into your life and sometimes speaking things you don't want to hear, yeah, that'll keep that balance. But I really do believe that we've lost that passion for truth. Yeah. This year, we're, we're encouraging everybody to get a new Bible, same version, um, and start bringing their Bibles. Um, if some of them will always bring their phones, yeah. bring in your Bible so we can all read the word together. That's really good. That's and having really good. a two year reading plan now that we're incorporating from family research, research council, mm-hmm. so people begin to say, what does God say? Yeah. Okay. When God says something, you know, I've been reading about David. Every time David went against the Philistines, it says he inquired of the Lord. Yep. He had inquired of the Lord. That's good. He said, God, what do I do? Well, he can tell us what to do. 
Yeah. It's like Paul Yonke Cho says, what's the secret of this amazing church is the biggest in the world. He says, I pray and I obey. And I think that's the whole point is we, we make Christianity to an academic exercise. I mean, yeah. seminaries do that all the time. Yep. And what it is, it's a walk with God yep. where he says, okay, you're off course here, Randy, Keith, you're off course. Going to get you on course here. Yeah. You've got a little bit too passionate and your words are probably not life-giving. So we need to clean this up. Well, praise God. I mean, uh, that's what I need every day. I need to spend time with the father as his son yeah. before I can be a good leader. Yes, that's good. And uh, I think the passion, I mean, I'm 71 and you're a little older than me, but my the passion for ministry is greater than it's ever been. I love it. That's great, Keith. That's why I hang out with you because you're a little older than me. You still yeah, have right. all you're this energy. Brother. I'm trying to keep you in line, buddy. So a couple of things, and then we need to close here. But uh, one is that Jesus came not just full of grace, not just full of truth, but full of grace and truth. And it's so important. I mean, truth is so critical, especially today where people base, well, I I just feel that I'm a female or male or this or that. And my feelings, you know, all the objective reality, the, the and it's just ridiculous. We need to go back to truth and as well as grace, both those things. So, and then the one other thing I'd want to know, if someone wanted to contact you in the West Michigan area uh, about the Black Robe Regiment, how, how would they do that, Keith? Well, we haven't got a website up yet. Okay. But we're, we're working, still getting this core of guys together. All right. Um, but you can contact me through uh Info Crossfire Church at crossfirechurch.org. You can contact me at Keith at crossfirechurch.org. But the best one is just call, put a message to me on my text because that's where I do most of the time. 616 706 But we'll be getting something up uh, on a website very, very um, okay. Uh, near, so, uh, you know, in the near future. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, Keith, close us in prayer, would you, brother? Sure. Lord, we love you, and we realize what a privilege it is to serve you. Lord, we're thankful that we don't have to live by guilt. Mm. We don't have to just carry our sin in our baggage, but you forgave us mm. and freed us to live like you wanted us to live. And I pray, Lord, that as we go into the 2022, that you will help us, first of all, in our own personal walk with you to be sweeter, closer than ever before. Lord, teach us to hear your voice. Teach us to be able to obey your voice. And Lord, teach us how to love you so we can love other people. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we'll love them by also telling them the truth. The Bible says thy word is truth, and then the truth will set us free. Amen. And so, Lord, as we go into 2022, we're thankful for all that you've done in our past. But now we're in a new chapter. Help us to embrace it and give us grace and truth as we move forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate it. God richly bless you and your ministry. and. And uh, continue to go ahead with a passion that he's put in your heart. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.